0: to the bone, I never get to go home, this is my ever wanted life that's destiny, I work my fingers to the bone, I never get to go home, this is my ever wanted life that's destiny, damn I destroyed myself but you contributed, I destroyed myself but you helped, I destroyed myself but you contributed
1: hello everybody here let me snap a picture while i did the hello everybody and then i'll send it on our fucking instagram to all those losers who keep track of us Ah, god i put that on five seconds what the fuck <laughs> hello everybody this podcast is brought to you by 13th step tone solutions and more bands media jonathan grissom how are you today buddy i'm good man brandon brandon so- robinson how are What's you, up? sir? I'm good. How about yourself? Should pull that mic up a little closer. I should. Yeah, or scoot, scoot whatever. up. Whatever, whatever. The there we, we you go. Do your thing, buddy. Uh, how are things? Things are things. They're good. They're busy.
2: Very busy. <laughs> well, that's good. Very to hear. Insanely busy this summer. As a as a musician, great. that's
1: that's a good thing, <laughs> yes. man.
2: I, I after <laughs> pandemic. Being dead for six, seven months? I'm
1: curious, man. Mm-hmm. Um, we started this right when things were in the middle of completely shut. That's one of the motivating factors. We started the yeah. show because I was like, well, fuck, we'll just bring the musicians to us. And uh, Here we are. now On the uh, once COVID went away, it's like, oh, no, we're going to have to start going to them because everybody's starting to get gigs again. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to do this and at the same time start our own Businesses at the same—it's just fucking chaos. But it's very much so. It's been fun. This last year's been pretty fucking crazy, but a lot of fun, man. I love it. Um, I had a come to Jesus moment this morning with my word processor because you had you had issues last time. We had to reschedule. Fine, and then um, I I bought a new computer. I take show notes, right? Right. There's a lot of reasons to hate Bill Gates, (laughs) but. Uh, from from the, just him having a weird vibe as a creepy old man To the conspiracy shit Like there's a whole spectrum yeah. of reasons to dislike Bill Gates Mine's not in any of those Mine is simply because of Microsoft Works And uh, I was taking notes I had everything ready I, was about to, I swear I was about to click save And everything grayed out No options and a red banner comes on And says options have been disabled Click here I'm Like okay like normally, you still that get the bare minimums, right? No, I couldn't do nothing. They made me buy it. That's I couldn't Bill get my right. notes until I bought it. I'm like, that's some mafia shit, man. That's uh-huh. extortion.
2: They, they Bill Gates
1: yep.
3: knows what he's doing. And, and, and it's <laughs> a seventy
1: billion dollars for a
3: reason. And it's subscription <laughs> based now, which means they get you every month yeah, forever, every month
1: forever.
2: Until compared to
3: compared to what it used to be before, where you paid like maybe a hundred bucks and you got the software forever.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's like until you tell them to stop taking it out of your account. Mm-hmm. This computer could be long gone. I'll forget all the fucking about it, and there'll be some account taking money out of my account from Microsoft Works. It mm-hmm. sucks. But, yep. all right, now I got that out of the way. I'm, I'm <laughs> aired, my, aired my grievances. Rant over. Yeah, rant over. <laughs> on with the goddamn show. Yeah. Well, Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. How'd you end up here?
2: Um. Well, that's a, I don't know
1: right, we'll, if we have enough time. All right, we'll go back, we'll go back, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go back okay. to when you started playing okay, the guitar.
2: so we'll, well, that's even it's crazy. <laughs> start. Okay, so I'll keep it a summary. So, um, I grew up. There's, there's like my grandfather kind of dabbled with it just for bullshit, like music or uh, just yeah, the music. Guitar? Like he had a well, he had a guitar and he was a, like he's a he grew up doing a pastor, like he was in the military. Doing okay. a pastor. So my mom's a gospel singer, um, tours around the United States singing, but never really played an instrument. So when I was like six or seven she got me a piano just to keep me entertained kind of situation and something constructive. What she didn't know is she created a monster (laughs) when she did that. So I played on that. It was, we're talking, it had 10 keys. It was a, you had to plug it in the wall. little kid thing. Yeah. Yeah. Played on it for hours. So over time, I think it was about nine or 10, uh, shout out to Penny, Miss Penny. She had a keyboard that she wasn't playing anymore. Um, I don't know what kind of deal they worked out. My mom to this day never told me what the deal was. It could have been for free. I don't know. Gave me that. And I played. I actually wrote my first song ever that I still remember to this day.
1: On the keys? On the huh? keys. Oh.
2: Well, I played that. And then uh, I don't know how a guitar got involved in that time period. But I got a guitar for Christmas.
1: Like a, are we talking it, it like was an pawn acoustic?
2: Shop. No, it was a pawn shop electric. Okay. I, it was a Johnson, like a Johnson Strat. Like if anybody knows anything about the old pawn shop specials, it's like saying a Memphis Les Paul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was cheap, but to me it was like the greatest oh, ever. Yeah. Like I didn't care. So she got me that in a, in a gorilla 10 watt amp gorilla. Look that name up as you'll know how crappy that amp was really. So, and I played on that. And then my dad had this friend who was in a band, uh, to give me i got two lessons it was like no it was two or three lessons then he moved but he taught me how to play some chords and then like from that point forward i learned everything myself i i listened to everything from leonard skinner because you know they're from jacksonville and i'm from daytona beach florida so that's kind of ritual at that point point. and i started listening to stuff like bladewood 82 real big fish goldfinger Lesson Jake, jake newfound glory and I learned how to play your basic power chords, but I learned how to structure stuff. Yeah. And from that point, it was that was when the monster created. I started trying to form a band. Um, so were you
1: drawn to like any any like rock or country or any genre in specific? Um, well, at or was that it just- point
2: in time, I hated country. I hated it because my dad wore the Confederate Railroad record out. <laughs> Garth Brooks and all that. Yeah. But I was 90s, more in yeah, yeah, the 90s. Very formulaic, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I was I was I was listening to hip hop a little bit then still because they had like, you know, Dre and Eminem Snoop. But I was drawn to Newfound Glory because they were from like forty five minutes south of where I was living. So and I we had a skate park and I was a skate kid. So the punk rock was the genre oh, yeah. that I was I felt most comfortable in. I lived, Granted, I listened. You know, you had your Slipknot, you had your you know mud vein and all that stuff, and stained. And, so
1: we're talking like two thousand one. Yeah, era, by, well, around but then. When
2: it started. It started about ninety seven, ninety eight. Right. But, when but great, like the the new the metal. Heart of it, yeah, the era. new metal era. Okay. And okay. I was listening to that, but I was drawn to the, the the punk. Like that was because I was a skate. Grew up a skate park. So and that was like I said, you know, the Nixon's and the Ramones and all that stuff. So I was. That was my music early on was heavily influenced by that stuff. And then you had of course your blues, my solo was as insane as my chord playing is punk, but my soloing is blues. <laughs> Makes no sense at all. That- Stevie Ray Vaughan, Clapton, Hendrix, you know whatever, but punk rock was where it was at like for me then.
1: Okay. Well, uh, okay, um, did uh, did that kind of solidify you on the guitar? You still like to jump around on on instruments? Or, um... Um, at
2: that time, I still play like I played piano in jazz band, and I started playing guitar in the jazz band because we couldn't find a guitar player, so I switched. And then that's when I started learning theory a little yeah. bit more. Um, but I didn't even play drums then yet. Like I didn't become a drummer till much later. I mean, I I played on friends' kits just to do like, oh, I'm gonna even try this, but I never really took it seriously yet. So then it was just – I played piano as a, like a filler situation, but I was focused on guitar then. And it wasn't like I was a lead guitar player. I was a rhythm player while doing backing vocals and like basically what I'm doing now. Right. Coincidentally. But it was it was all about the guitar. Like even my first band called No Refunds, which has not existed anywhere because this was before MySpace <laughs> – um oh, that's how long years. ago. yeah, I was like, that's how uh. long ago this is. My space was still in the my space was <laughs> what Facebook was ten years ago. Uh. So that's what's crazy. So, you know, we had this band in high school group of buddies, and we actually won a band battle of the bands, and that's when I got introduced to my first stage experience in front of 20,000 people over for warp tour. Crazy. And yeah. at that moment is when I knew I was like, I this is this is it. Like I need to be doing this. So I focused on guitar, now I'll spare the Politics that involved in that situation didn't work out because... Bands. Egos, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, whatever. <laughs> and find out that... Well, that was a, going back to the first experience of knowing about contracts and stuff like that. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. But that was my... But then I knew it was like, I need to be doing music because I don't feel... Like, I'm not nervous. Like, I like this. Whatever this is, like, I want to capture this moment. And then... Fast forward to now I'm in Oklahoma <laughs> after a du- whole divorce, whole jail stint. Oh, I just recommend not going to jail.
1: Just a whole um, lot of, whole lot of yeah, living. It's a whole, yeah,
2: has a whole lot, of, <laughs> whole lot of bullshit that's happened in between there. And then fast forward to Oklahoma, that's when the drums start coming into play. Okay. Um, for some reason, I learned instruments because we need somebody on the instruments, and I'm, I'm an ego person. I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. Fuck it.
1: I'm not then, that with drums, man. Yeah, well, I, whew, no way. What's
2: insane is going back to with my mom, who's heavily influenced on this monster that she created. That's the one instrument she never bought me.
1: Well, I mean. Because I played. I mean, I,
2: I wore her out of the guitar. I would crank it up.
1: As a parent, I can no, I understood, uh, sympathize. No, I understood
2: it as a parent now, being a dad. I understand but, like, because me and her joke about it all the time to this day. She's like, I wish I'd have just bought you that drum set. I'm like, well, I understood why you didn't. <laughs> um It was, a, coincidentally, my first band, I auditioned to be the guitar player first. And we we had a drummer named Sean who ended up having a whole kid. Like, he got his girl pregnant. Like his wife pregnant, got as, pregnant. And as just... opposed to a half kid? Or like... <laughs> well, I, 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 that's good. Touche. Uh, touche. Uh, touche. Uh, no, he got uh, here, had a kid, but like he was doing with the band thing. And then she ended up finding out she was pregnant. So he,
1: yeah,
2: you know, exited himself and we could not find. And I didn't, I this was, I was new here. I'm from Florida, been there my whole life for the most part. I know those two guys and that's it and we could never find a drummer then that was available. So I said, "Okay, let me take a crack at ah, it."
1: Oh fuck it seems to be a w- yeah. the reason a lot of people find out that they're good at something. Yeah,
2: good at something. <laughs> no, like real real shit. So I sold I had an Ibanez, I came here with a suitcase and two guitars and I traded both of those guitars and an amp for a drum set and a set of double bass pedals. Never – played on drum sets, never touched a double bass pedal a day in my life. But I was like, screw it. There we go. So I, I practiced six hours a day for like four months straight. Um, I didn't listen to metal outside of like Metallica and you know your typical Pantera, all that stuff. So I started diving into – Slayer which I'm a That's fan of it's very this, difficult yeah. drumming. No, That's very. Your top of the line um, stuff. Tool, it's not Tool wasn't like metal metal but it was very di- very still very difficult. Yeah. time signatures. Um yeah, time signatures, uh. you know, of course you got to add your syncopation with like Neil Peart and stuff like that, yeah. which I've heard of before. And then I started I'm a big metalcore fan now like Atreyu, Bullet from Valentine, Um, as I lay dying, like that kind of stuff. And I just practiced that stuff relentlessly and I got good at it. And then that's where Zero Theus was born. Um, Was that
1: your first band here in Oklahoma? First
2: band here in Oklahoma. That was... Musically, I don't think I've... And I love the bands that I'm in now and the projects I did. I don't think chemistry-wise there's another band that I could say I didn't have more chemistry with than that band. Like, we're talking... there There didn't need to be a discussion... We'd go and jam, and a new song was out. Written. Comes a song, yep. out comes a song. Yep. Like it would just, we'd <laughs> be just rare, bullshitting, that's like because we always start practice by like bullshitting, get a warm up, and then our bullshits were songs that made it on the album. <laughs> like that's what's crazy is, you know, we had our first EP done in like we're matter of two months. One of them was like somewhat written, but how it worked out is they added me on the drums and like my style completed that song, which was nuts because I'm a punk kid that listened to gospel and rock and like stuff like that that wasn't a metal
1: kid. See, did you have any um, compunctions about bringing that, like the difference of the energy of being on a stage and then having to really rein that in in a studio situation? That was difficult for me when I first got in a studio situation.
2: What's just crazy is I brought that same level of intensity in the studio, probably more so.
1: I bet your engineer Uh, hated that. No, actually, (laughs) actually, no. What they wanted is
2: the guy, and this is why we picked... One, the the first EP that we did was a uh, band from Seven by Sin, who, you know, shout out to Ben, who produced our first record. He enjoyed, he was a drummer too, so he understood the logic and Percuss- it worked. Yeah. And then we worked with Brad Broomfield. I forgot the name of his band then, but he produced our our full length EP, which we're doing the anniversary for next month. He was a producer and he said he, he loved the rawness of that. So he's like, play how you would play it live. And so I I went in there, I took a minute, and I just played it how I would do it live. And I think the rawness in music is what produces the best music. Yeah. Yes, you want it perfect for the album and all that stuff, but I like, even on record, I like emotion and realness in music because that's that's, that's where your relatability is. that punk rock ethos exactly. coming it's, through. Exactly. Yeah. So I... All the producers I've ever worked with, and I've worked with a bunch, and they said they appreciated that because they didn't want somebody going in there and being okay. We're going to do it note for note, slash for slash, perfect. Give us perf- Give us real, and then we'll fix all the rest of that stuff later.
1: All right. So when sure. what when we talking here? Because um, the debate I have with a lot of, uh, especially guys that have done extensive studio work, Chad Carr last week yeah, right. uh, with the with the the studio is has become and always was really but certainly now with the digital rigs is is, it's another instrument in itself
2: yes absolutely
1: and so um with when we talking here when y'all did this so like oh six seven
2: no the this record the last record i was on was we're talking 2012 okay so not Hasn't fully integrated to the digital age yet. Still Close. some, but it, it's we're talking knocking at the door. Okay, like so we're figuring out copy and paste at this point, but still using analog rigs.
1: So versus like now, um, versus then, do do you, do you still have a, a fuck ton of gear that you lug around, or are you more no, on the digital am, side of things?
2: I. When you play a lot of shows like I do, you want to simplify your stuff as much as possible.
1: All right, Chad. <laughs> it's, God. It's, it's Listen, listen, listen. I
2: was a drummer for a decade. That's a lot a, of shit So I started out using a 10-piece kit. And when you don't have a, what do you call it, a roadie, yeah. you're lugging your own shit. <laughs> night after night, week after week, it gets old fast. Throughout time I started simplifying I could do the exact same thing on a four piece kit that I can't on a ten kit when you get better, of course that implements that too. Same thing with my guitar playing. I, I, I still have at my mom's house to this day uh Randy Rhodes edition Marshall full stack.
1: Mm-hmm. The white one? Yeah, the white uh, one. Ah yeah. There's
2: a reason why that's still there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Got here <laughs> and when I started playing guitar again, I had a uh A C thirty uh Vox amp, which I love. It sounds amazing.
1: I that's a
2: hundred pound amp. Yeah. Playing in two th- at that time when I got it, I was playing in three bands. Week after week, practices every week. No,
1: moved on to a helix. Well, <laughs> and, but now, yeah, that's the thing. Is like two thousand ten years ago, we're talking like people. The digital rigs minutes. were getting bad. They were getting good, but they were they still, still weren't in it yet. Very noticeable still, yeah. difference. Yeah. Still not it yet. Now. I can't. If you were to put a record on, and don't tell me what it is, analog or digital, I probably couldn't tell you. Now they're using Kempers. Yeah, that's what... uh, Or wait, what does Chad use? He uses uses Slate. He uses Headrush. Oh, he uses Slate to studio. Yeah, Yeah, Slate Slate Digital. digital. Yeah, Yeah, which Slate uh, has been... Slate was one of those
2: earlier grandfathered ones that were ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. Like, you used a lot of their... Like, you would use a real amp, but you would use their plugins to complement said amp. Like, I'm a big... I love Slate stuff. I wish they weren't so expensive, but... (laughs) You know, you get what you pay for.
1: Well, kind of situation. yeah, so. and in the studio, it's re- yeah, exactly. Yeah, people still use <laughs> people still
2: use sometimes real amps for reamping, and sometimes you just need that triple rec or you need that, you know, JM. Uh, what is it, JM JCM eight hundred? Oh yeah, the like, classic. Yeah, the yeah. old classics for certain tones, but now, like people are getting close. Like you can get. Pretty damn close At least 98% Compared to the Old Head's release
1: Well and it's um, It's It's better for uh, Like problems that I would I noticed I never knew was a problem Until I had to deal with it In a In a studio situation With a tube amp you sit there, and that thing's in an isolation booth all day. It gets nice it gets and hot. warm, and it starts to sound really greasy and real mm-hmm. good. And then you turn that amp off at night, and the cold front blows through, or a weather system goes yeah, through. Tubes. You will never get that tone nope. again. It'll kill your tubes. Unreal. Mm-hmm. And that's why... That's why the digital... Yeah, I mean, you it, just turn it off. It exactly. turn on, It's a memory. It's, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm losing the battle with the analog digital yeah, no, you're, debate. You're, <laughs> I,
2: I'd give it about 10 years even, and I... I've I've met Mark Tremonti, great amazing guitar player, put out some amazing records. He's one of those old school guys yeah. that oh you can't tell Which you if you sat down and really like nitpick you can, but practical practicality yeah. like Man that's where I was at. It, they the playing with the Helix won me on on efficiency and practicality. If I can knock on the door, get in the room as a tube amp, you won me over because if I don't have to lug around a hundred pound amp. <laughs> Yeah. And then I can get a pretty – and every sound guy I've used it with from we're talking to Hidden Castle all the way to playing the Costa Convention Center said, I don't know what you did with your tone, but it sounds amazing. And I was like, I just worked on it. And like, well, I didn't think these things – could. I was like, they can if you sit and work on it. Because a lot of people think it's – you pull out of the box, you plug it in, and it's going to work. And that's not how any amp works. I'm going
1: to drop a big, dirty secret about the musical uh – industry Industry. from the hardware perspective of (laughs) amps guitars and this is and that's you tweak a guitar's electronics you tweak an amp's electronics it does affect tone it absolutely does but
2: what what
1: tweaks it most is the bridge of your guitar the length of it absolutely your strings absolutely and your pickups and the player the player exactly me
2: and you might have the same skill level Totally well, now you sound completely different. Yeah. Because my picking might be different than yours. That's a bit uh- my, my hammer ons and and that you know, no Pun intended, but my my finger technique is yeah. different.
1: I was like, "This sounds, ladies, so if you're listening, <laughs> that sounds so messed up." <laughs> I just
2: I, I played it back in my head before I said it.
1: Well, but, it's yeah. true. I mean, the way the way the string is attacked, whether it's a pick, and I, I actually have gotten getting into country techniques. Yeah. I've used, I start doing the hybrid picking yeah. and this that and the other. God, and it, it's hard, man. And now now getting into like with the pickup winding thing, I wanna I wanna. Yeah, what are you, what kind of you use any single coil pickups? I are mean, you doing the Hendrix I thing? Do um, wait, I gave you a guitar. Yes, with exactly. I, well, I was
2: going to say I was going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Duh!
1: <laughs>
2: Didn't you give me a guitar? I told that's you I smoke
1: a lot of weed, yeah, bro. <laughs> it ain't apparently. written down on a then note. I
2: played, that's going to be played tomorrow. Actually, <laughs> sweet. Um, yes, I am, especially for certain things that you need a single coil for. For instance, blues. I'm a big blues guy, and you can't get that authentic blues tone, no matter what rig you're using, without the single coils. You can get some, like my PRSs get close, but sometimes a single just is
1: just it. It's actually more specific. It's a Strat. Yeah, it's a Strat. And I have a Tele, too. A Tele has got more of a mid-bite, more mid No, but for
2: my country stuff, it's perfect for that. Exactly. And then we have a couple of songs that need that blues lead tone. I switch over to the Strat, and it's just... some things strat, are just man. what they are. A strat, a strat, for a reason. Yeah. Like I, th- I don't care who you're endorsed by. Own a strat. Yeah. You need it for some time. Now I say that, and PRS came out with a John, oh, Mayer.
1: John Mayer.
2: Hey, let me. For the record,
1: uh, go I'm going to say this. I'm not
2: going to. as a guy who's very practical on <laughs> a strat. That's actually his strat is actually closer to a Fender authentic Fender strat than you think it is, because they built it based on the 1959 original strat. That's what he wanted. Fender couldn't do it or wouldn't do it. I'll leave that yeah, in the. No, I wasn't in the room. I got nothing leave to do that with that. For the multimedia, Paul Reed <laughs> Smith said uh, John Mayer gave him his original sixty Strat and said, "Hey, I want you to replicate this in a newer form." Paul spent two weeks on it himself. Change the built. headstock. Yeah, changed it. Well, you can't have it. You know how Fender is with lawsuits. You, you can't know what do I'm. That. You know. Yeah. You know. I don't know how Jackson you got with it. Yeah. <laughs> not not everybody's Les Paul. Okay.
3: I, um,
1: I've yeah. I've actually kind of I've got I've started playing my Les Paul a little more here lately, but I, just, um, I love it. I just uh, again, uh, it's another thing. It's very specific. I always yeah. thought I would be a Les Paul Marshall guy because that's what I. That's what everybody playing. played for years. And that, uh, more and more, it's like I'm just a all that all those guitars, just, just all just give me all those and yeah. those amps over there. Let me play through those because I, I I just can't pick. Right?
2: No, I mean. Yes, you have artists that have endorsements, but if you go in their room, their That's studio, they yeah. got guitars all over the place. I mean, Steve Vai's been uh, been with Ibanez for how many years? 30 uh, at whole least.
1: Whole career, bam, near. He yeah. did
2: a rig rundown, and he's got guitars from everybody because, to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter in a sense, but not really. Like, you play what you want to hear, what you like. If you like the feel of a Les Paul... That's Play the biggest ball. thing
1: is yes. how does it feel when you're standing exactly. up Exactly, and
2: it. how does it sound to you? Yeah. Because that is your sound, and your sound is what's going to separate you from the next guy. I have a specific sound I like. There's a specific sound you like. So I like very – now my sound is molded by influences, but it's also my sound, bits and pieces, slash – Hendrix
1: slash is a big one yeah, for slash me.
2: slash is slash is my guy. Man. Slash
1: is higher up on slash is on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, Hendrix he, actually wouldn't be on my Mount Rushmore. My top five. He's up there. Hen, Hendrix is
2: in my in a different top five for me. He was innovative for his time. Now I'm probably yeah. going to get a lot of shit for this, and I don't care because it's just my. His opinion. licks aren't difficult. His, exactly. His licks I'm, weren't hey. difficult. They were just innovative for what he was doing then, and I respect him for that. Yeah. I put Van Halen on that Rushmore in place of Hendrix because. Van Halen was doing shit and nobody was doing it. Tapping solos, dive bombs all over the place, like nobody. But as, as
1: far as a as an, an influence on you personally, though, personally, where would you put Hendrix would Halen. be my. Okay. Oh, Van
2: Halen? No, Van Halen's not definitely, there. Okay. No, he's there. Oh. he's in my top five. Oh, okay, because he, the showmanship, one. Yeah, he, he puts on a great he show. Looks like and he's to me, that's fun. important. Exactly, that's, that's a that's big important. deal. To watching his licks, his licks weren't crazy hard. They were just. Crazy on how well he put them in sequence
0: because and able you, to pull it off, and, jumping up and down, and jumping up. Yeah. Like, so,
2: you if Ben Halen's not in your top five guitar player of all time, I don't know what you're doing with your life. <clears throat> and I didn't, I'm not a big fan.
1: <laughs> oh, come on, bro. As far as a personal influence on me, no, no of, okay, of
2: all time, I'm talking about it's about like, all as far time, as,
1: okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, like, of all time, okay. like he might
2: not be a direct impact on your playing, but you have to respect, yeah, I'll give what you that. he did, I'll just like. You could. Uh, there's a drummer that I heavily am influenced by that people don't even know who he is. The guy named Sugarfoot. He was Michael Jackson's oh, drummer yeah. for years. Yep. A lot of people like if you know, you know. But if you don't know, you don't really know. He does a lot of the. But premier. you're talking about the most in most solid in the pocket drummer you'll ever meet. That guy. His his he's got an internal metronome that never gets off time. And I love Neil Peart. Neil Peart's the god. Like to me, Neil Peart and Buddy Rich are top two, in a sense of what they were doing then. But Sugarfoot, there's been a, never another drummer that's been more in the pocket than Sugarfoot.
1: And That and people don't really grasp, like when Eddie Van Halen and Michael Jackson did that that pop oh, rock cross, like
2: that changed the game. Yeah, that as as much if
1: not more so than the the, the Anthrax. Public enemy or yeah, Aerosmith it, run DMC yeah, a, crossover yeah, like that
2: brought back Aerosmith's career.
1: Because basically rock and roll, blues based rock and roll is usually just four on the floor, kick right. it out. Absolutely. And a lot of your pop can usually change time signatures. And they usually and, always and have song. A, it's a different easy it, two different things that cross over like yeah. that. It's really cool yeah. but really easy to make it go south too. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. If you're not if you're not good at what you do and not in tune with the music it could go really bad, really, quick. <laughs> really as a guy who's, who's been on the top and the bottom, so to speak, like you can make, if you're not paying it, I would say not paying attention. If you're not practice is important, practice is very important. And that's where practice comes to play. If you're not practicing your craft and working on it to get better, it could go south really quickly. Right. Well,
1: you'll be found out real quick when you get in a room of actual musicians. Yeah, ask you musicians yeah. about how <laughs> bad you really are. Well, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, for that, uh, I heard of a guy when I was doing a studio work years ago. He said to me that like, he's like, yeah, you're pretty good. Your licks are good. He's like, I can't do anything with them. And he's like... um you want to know a dirty little secret about Oklahoma musicians? I'm like, sure. He said, no matter who you look at, that's a guitar player in Oklahoma. If they're making money where they pay their bills in Oklahoma, playing the guitar, they play country. Yep. You have to learn country licks. You don't have to, you can do your rock and roll. You can do your heavy metal. (laughs) But if you want to make money playing guitar, country. learn some country. Yep. So tell us a little bit about this. Uh, is Southern Accents, yeah, is, Southern the name accents okay. is the name
2: of it. So um, after one of my bands, Even the Dogs, disbanded, I took a break from music um, off the drums. I Officially, I was like, I'm done with the drums for a while. I was in pain. Body didn't hold up. I needed a break. Well, I had a friend of mine who had an SG that I still have to this day for sale. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to dabble on guitar again the guitar doodled around um went through a couple of projects that didn't really work out and I, I was like you know what i'm hearing about country as much as i hate it let's see what's happening i need to i feel like i and this is why i said back today i need to be on stage i said i'm gonna need to get on stage again so i was going through um hit up ronnie dean
1: oh uh, yeah he was a yeah. really
2: good guy really nice guy I didn't fit like shout out amarillo junction yes <clears throat> shout out to amarillo junction um and then Kyle, our singer, my singer now, put an ad up saying he needed a rhythm guitar player and a backing vocalist. Do backing? I don't, I'm not a good front man. I can sing. That's not my forte. Same. I'd rather just back up. So I audition. I don't even like backing them up. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I, I enjoy that part because my mom's a singer. She trained me very right. well. Uh, yeah. That. Yeah. So um, I audition to be their rhythm guitar player, and. The, actually, yeah, that's all I was doing at the time was I auditioned just to be the rhythm guitar player. I could do four chord yeah. country. It's For awesome. those
1: listening, country is usually blues. It's just <laughs> GDC, sped up to a shuffle. Country. And uh, the thing with country that makes country good isn't the instrumentals. It's the lyrics. It's the lyrics.
2: It's always the lyrics. Um, so mm-hmm. audition and first night I got the gig. Uh, cool. Um,
1: Did you have a clue of chicken picking at the time? No,
2: I still, I'm still trying to grasp the concept. <laughs> it's of it. hard. Man. I let. Shout out to Parker Selby, who's one of the most underrated guitar players in the state. He's got that down to a science. What's his name? Parker Selby. It's like Shelby without the H. He is an amazing. He will never say it. He will never admit that he's great. I'll say it on on record. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is he's an amazing guitar player. He's he's got and he can you can probably put him into any genre. It's just country is his you know, his niche in mm-hmm. his lane. Um and I at the time I was like and I saw him play in practice, I was like, you're you're doing lead, I'm good. Like you can carry the outplay rhythm. Now to his credit, he gave me some lead parts just because like I don't know if he didn't feel like doing them. Or he respects my talent. That remains to be seen. The test, man. Uh, it's a the test. test. No, <laughs> um, no real, uh, uh, real shit, though. Um, that's how the country thing came into play, and it just worked. Like, uh, me and Kyle's personality on stage just – like, if you ever watch us play together, you'll understand why I'm in the band. It just works between me and him and great group of musicians. Uh, Tim – Tim Robertson. I never remember his last name. Um, he actually wasn't in a band prior southern accents, and he is and this is why i joined the band because the progress they've shown me from point a to point b is something i respect the worth ethic means everything to me in a band and from point a to point b they show me they're willing to go work on the material because when you go to rehearsal it's for rehearsal
1: that, not practice let's dig into that real quick okay i will is, be more than happy
2: to say it again this
1: is one thing that i've I walked away from music for over a decade. I yes. mean oh, a long time, and one thing that's uh, 21 year old me that was basically just wanted to do a bunch of blow and live that dream because that's all it is. it's right. just a fucking image illusion. Yeah, but uh, right. works for a while anyways. but once you actually have to be a musician and like uh, you start learning like when you get in a room with a group of musicians, when they say we're gonna sit down and write songs. We're not bringing our instruments. We're bringing a few acoustic guitars and a notepad. If we're rehearsing, we're loading the shit up, and we're going to rehearse it as the set. Yes. If we're practicing, that's all it is, a jam session. Mm Mm-hmm. But the more and more you do this, you learn that those... Activities mean different things to different people. That's yes. where the whole the whole jive of a band. When people talk about Matters. creative clashes,
2: creative differences, it's because of
1: those yeah. roo- those that writing rooms, the jam rooms, and those types of things. Absolutely. And also another thing, especially in this state, I mean, uh, it's it's too most. If I could stop stuttering, that would really help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most musicians we talk to, Ron Ramsey. Shout out to Ron Shout out to Ron For sure uh, God, Chad, I don't think there's anybody you... Better than Ron Oh no Well fuck
2: <laughs> I don't think there's any Shout out to Ron Ramsey, It dude. might exist He's actually going to be We'll talk. probably talk about this At some point He's actually going to do A solo on my record Oh cool so, yeah. yeah But
1: he's also one of these guys And he plays all Multiple genres Across multiple bands And you You he's know it's him host, But you could not tell Like the metal Black metal him Yeah Playing country It's It's different Whoa. But that's how good he is
2: Yeah I want
1: like whatever level he's on, I'm trying to get to that level. I mean, you got quite a big resume going on yourself. You're in country, rock and roll. I'm not Ron Ramsey. Well
2: fuck. If Ron Ramsey I'm not, came up yeah. to me right now and said you suck quit, I would. I yeah. mean, they literally
3: just handed him a bass uh at the uh, the knot, like the was it organization of metal. Oh yeah. Or uh, not yeah. organization of yeah. thrash. Yeah. Like and he in I mean he just he he shreds on bass just no, as Ron bad Ramsey, as he fucking shreds I, on guitar. I found, like, This is
2: no dish. I got a lot of guitar friends. Shout out to Marco Guerrero, shout out to Frank Self, Shout-out say Diane Cettonello. I don't think there's a guitar player in this state better than Ron Ramsey. No, I I think I I would I would put that I would, to the country. I would take that to my grave. I would agree. I, I would with that. bet I would bet everything I got on that.
1: But I mean, going back to it, it's like it's like to do this you have to have multiple irons in the fire, multiple projects going on if if you intend to make any kind of splash. Yes. And, is is part of that like on the backside of COVID, like with people just not being really all that, yeah, about getting out?
2: Not necessarily. Okay, as a, I've done this for a long time, and the the two main things I've noticed that that separate the ones that really do this and the ones that aren't doing it for anything other than a hobby is one. Well, it's three actually. Heart worth ethic, drive, and discipline. Of course, you, anything you ever do, you need to work hard at it. But you also have to discipline to understand that you need to get better and then you need to take steps on working on your weaknesses. Know what you don't know. A lot of people don't do that. Know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, in order for you to be comfortable, you need to be uncomfortable. Shout out to LeBron James for saying that. <laughs> You won't get better as whatever you're doing, I actually better.
1: think that was Marcus Aurelius
2: I heard it from LeBron James. he said he doesn't like feeling comfortable yeah. because he's not getting better That's and an old, I took that I go old that knowledge. makes sense, yeah, so you need to make yourself uncomfortable and learning things that you don't know so you can get better and make them comfortable for you and then of course the um what no, the drive the drive is important because people. You're not going to make it far if you don't if you're not motivated to do anything. So the drive, all three of those things have to work. Like you can't; those things won't work without one or the other. Yeah. So you have to have all three of those things because you have to have the drive to work hard, to have the discipline to sit down and work
1: hard. And there's an ebb and flow to all that. You know, it's yes. one thing me and him experienced with just the explosion of shows. And yes. it's like, especially the festivals, it's like we can't we can't make it to all these. And honestly, don't really want to. No, no.
0: you
2: don't, And that's the thing. You don't want to overwork yourself. To, with all of that said, you have to learn how to win to give
1: yourself balance. a break. Yes,
2: you have balance. to because as a guy, I've been in four bands at the same time I wore myself out. And I had, that's why I sat down for a year or two. Because when, when you go to the doctor and they tell you you have tendinitis in both knees and all your hands and your elbows and then you have arthritis on top of that, you're like, well, I'm working myself too hard. Let me take a break and yep. get healthy and then see if I can still do this. I still haven't. I've played drums on stage one time in the last six years now. And that's because someone had to talk me into it. But I have – I'm going to say this and I'm probably going to get shitted on. I don't like doing things necessarily for free anymore. I'm past that.
1: Why would you get shit on for that?
2: Because the this – we're taught that exposure means a lot more than money. That's bullshit.
3: There's it's a, one thing if yeah. like,
2: you, if you're if you going to get me to do it for free, give me a reason why I should. Right. For instance, if you're going to tell me I'm about to go play Madison Square Garden or the Super Bowl for free, because the Super Bowl, none of those artists get paid. That's exposure. But you know why those artists don't get paid? Because the day after the Super Bowl or the night of, their albums go from 100,000 copies to 10 million copies sold in one night. If you're going to... Now, granted, that's unrealistic for a guy like me because I'm not those guys on that level. But if you're going to tell me... If you're going to convince me that a situation similar to that's going to happen then we can have a conversation
1: i'll flip the script on it the venue owners and say if you cannot afford to pay your artist you don't need an artist you don't need the artist exactly djs are getting paid I why mean, not Yeah i i'm and i've been on kind of both of ends DJ. Of that, i've been a performer and i've been on the side of like no i mean it's a it is a, it's a business. business.
2: You're you're hiring us yes. to entertain your crowd to keep butts in your seats to make you money. Break us off some of that. Now we're not asking for twenty thousand right. dollars. Now if we bring in twenty thousand dollars on a night that you only bring in three thousand.
1: To ask a five piece band for five hundred dollars, a hundred dollars per person for yeah. three to four hours. It's not unrealistic. And then a lot of venue owners, my from what I've heard from my my people, our people is the um it's kind of like a good cop bad cop routine a lot of them give you yep like um oh no well yeah well we we can pay we'll tell one artist we'll pay 500 dollars for your band and then it, it it'll start this kind of bidding war where eventually the venue owner they'll pay they'll end up paying a band 500 dollars. they'll knock off a third of their merch they'll knock off a third of this, a little of that, whatever, and mm-hmm. it's like that's no different than the 360 deal that the fucking big guys get.
2: Right. Uh, and here's another uh, thing. Here's a here's the here's the other side of that coin. Musicians, artists, bands stop doing it for free. Yeah. Cuz it's messing up the game for the people who have been doing this. And this is not just speaking on myself. I've watched guys who I I've seen that have Done this for a lot longer than I have, not getting the respect that they deserve because we're believing these certain venues. And I shout out to Tony Proctor for trying to change that game. He actually pays fair. He's given me a lot of. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't know who I am. There's there's good. good, This isn't to shit on. That's what I'm saying. I want to I want to speak on good on certain people too. If it wasn't for Tony Proctor, you guys wouldn't know who I am. Like he gave me my first run here. He gave me. Coca Cola Event Center. When it was Coca cola event center, that's when Zero Theist came into play. He's given me anything that I asked for, if I wanted it, he would make he would do his best to make it happen. Nine times out of ten, it would happen. For instance, Straight Line Stitch Show, even though the band that was in at the time, they were at a there was a lot of tension that happened prior to bad business. Because of Tony Proctor, I was able to step in and mediate that and make that work again. So shout out to the good venue owners that actually do good business. For instance, Bandy's um, Kelly does amazing business. He pays your first time there. He pays more than a lot of venues pay your on repeats. So shout out to the good ones. But some of the some of these younger bands and some it's not always the younger bands, but it's usually the ones that don't it's know. It's the ignorance. The, it's and the they ignorance. prey on that. They prey um, on that. Stop taking change for your talent because you're there to entertain people and you deserve to get paid just like the rest of us do.
3: Well, the example that I always use is um, whenever i I worked in um in Live Nation and all that, and on the side i was I was helping out a buddy of mine, and we we would uh, do stuff for a company called uh, Got Based Music in Colorado, mm-hmm. and he was a photographer and what these companies would do are in the in this is seen inside the uh the um EDM world right. is they would they would tell them oh well you know just come down shoot some shows like uh, shoot the show whatever and uh and we'll um we'll we'll like Build your portfolio, and Giant, you need man. to build your portfolio and, and, and all this kind of stuff, and you'll get bigger gigs and stuff like that. That led him to basically shoot Decadence, which is one of the largest music events in Colorado and actually one of the largest events yeah. in EDM across America. And all of his photos got used by the, the Denver Gazette and all of these papers and all these magazines, and he didn't get paid anything. Yep. But the company that he did it for, they got all the money yep. for his photos, and, and it's because they that's owned it all. They exactly. owned it all. They tricked him.
2: Exactly. Stop falling for that. Yeah. You <laughs> um, gotta stop one and-, and I've I've been down that road too. I've I've had a I've had a contract with a certain record company and I was on a record that it went gold. I made three hundred dollars off a gold record. You know how hard it is to sell a gold record in a digital age where streaming streaming is everything right now?
1: Publishing is a very uh... <laughs> It was already a minefield, and now yes, with the because of the master yeah. owning,
2: which I tell all artists: read your contract, own your masters, because that's your money at the end of the day. Yeah. That is your. That's the major bulk of. Your and money. if you know, it's and if you control.
3: want to know how to do it, then go look at the mountain. And, oh, Mic, and M-I-C, M-I-C just M-I-C, look that. Absolutely. Look that website up because she laid it all out and yep. she put it all out there on how to publish and how to do everything. Yes, so. well,
1: uh, absolutely. Change gears a little bit. If uh, if you were to. Uh, Introduce people to you as a guitar player or one of your bands. What, would you, uh, what do you think you'd play for them?
2: God, that's a tough question because I practice so many songs.
1: Well, I mean, of, out, of, out of the ones you gave us earlier, which one do you want to play?
2: <sighs> well, as far as guitar, because I, on, the, on the record that I have, that's all drums then. That's whatever, it's man. It's drums. Um, if, if you want to introduce to who I am. I'd and, say
1: let's pick something you played the guitar on. Uh, i got to find it. Okay, well, I can fill um, space, man. I can talk. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, let's,
2: let's let me give me a second to pull. Uh,
1: uh, I'll, I'll just give a quick shout out to uh like before. I guess they're uh, oh yes jamming Rocklahoma today. Uh, Bradley or Henderson, yeah, they're yeah, playing yeah.
2: today. I think actually. Shout out to those guys. Those guys are
1: amazing. Everybody on Rocklahoma, um, man. Amazing. I'm sure you guys are miserable up there right now with as fucking much rain as we got. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Every no, I remember, I remember Every at uh,
3: at louder than life, right? Like the first day that we were there, there was a massive rainstorm and it mudded out the Every entire time. campsite Every area, the up. entire <laughs> campsite <time>. area.
0: Well,
2: <sighs> all right. What are you thinking? Okay, I this is it's it's raw still. Okay, because it's I, I actually have stuff being produced. This is gonna sound like shit. I know it is. All right. It's your decision, man. I know. I'm going to put it out there anyway. Well, that's that's the end of that Oh, <laughs> oh All right hey. No, because
3: like I said It was just a raw You know, I just send it to me And I'll, I'll cut it in Well, yeah, I mean, like it. you said That was a raw Yeah, raw, that was that was a yeah, raw, raw recording cut. I was And honestly, honestly We might have, have to cut that short anyway Because we don't have a license On that song, so Well, we have but the guy I that Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying If yeah. you had the license Yeah, I then, Yeah, I actually oh. What's great
2: about that I don't know if we're recording still Yeah um, All the songs that I'm doing For my album I own. I don't shouldn't say own it. I am licensed to use that.
3: Okay, and that's all I need to. Yeah, and that's all I need is that um, license on the paper. God,
2: it was a process, but once again, we going back to the music being paid conversation. It's not. I didn't write the song. Right. I'm just covering it, and I think I. I even I pay for the licensing and the revenue. I still cut the whatever band that I'm covering Mm -hmm. is still going to get a cut off that revenue because I understand. I'm a musician myself Those guys have been doing it And they're way bigger than I am So why not To get the money Off their own song Plus People who've never heard Geeky Biz before Might Hey You think you like my version Go check out The rest of their music So it's kind of a segue To promote other artists too Because I'm a big person on that
1: Well what's the next one You want to give us here
2: um, I actually don't have Any of these named so, all right. Well, <laughs> um,
1: we'll just throw some random out there and see Oh my god. At least fun. Of,
2: most people recognize the songs that I'm doing. For Music, roulette. Yeah. Music Roulette. Music um, Roulette. I actually have one that's just guitars, no vocals. So let's try okay. that one because yeah, I, yeah.
0: I, I'm sick of listening. To my
1: vocals. Well, you're a guitar player. Let's do this. Yes. No working title on that one. No working title um, on it yet,
2: but we'll be. I like that. Soon. That's a good groove. It's, it's, it's a groovy like it's. I don't know what it is about this. What I don't I don't know. I can't explain it to you. The feeling on it, I can't explain. Well,
1: like it. I said, it started off in Chicago with the blues lick, and then uh, when and the then, when the groove kicked in, I was like, oh, now we're yeah, back yeah, on the East Coast here. And that's okay, what's, that's <laughs> what I
2: love about collaborating is you never know what you can come up with. I'm not even from Chicago. Or or New York. I'm from the South, <laughs> and he's not. He's from New York, so you, you could tell there. But neither one of us are from Chicago. But you can tell the influence that of
1: music type of lick on a guitar. Just yeah,
2: work like it. It it not in real like on paper it doesn't make sense. But when you listen to it, it's not supposed to make sense on paper. It's supposed to make sense when you listen to it. Right.
1: Well. Let's give a shout out to uh Rock Candy. Um who are the players in Rock Candy? Okay,
2: um Pam and Roger Burke, amazing amazing people. Pam is the nicest lady you'll ever meet. Um she is the mom of the group as she always uh says. Uh Roger is that guy is a very solid in the pocket drummer and that's important to me because a drummer a drummer can make a break a band. Mm-hmm. For my guy who's done everything you could possibly name in the industry and then have a stroke and then come back. As a drummer? As a drummer. Wow. And then come back and still be as solid as he is. Yeah. Praise. Yeah. Praise. Um Frank San Antonio is also another underrated guitar player, and this is where I mentioned the worth, ethic, and discipline. If you throw out him a song in a genre that he's never heard before, and give him a 24 hours, he'll come back and have learned the song. He does it all the time. Half the songs we play, he's never even listened to – he never even heard of the band before. <laughs> and he comes back next practice and knows his parts.
1: Well, what are some of y'all – y'all uh, do like a, a rock? We'll go, yeah, we'll, uh, it's 80s. variety.
2: It's, we'll go from Aerosmith to Evanescence oh, okay. in an instant. Okay. And that's what I love about this project is the fact that we're we have something for everybody. From the – the older generation that just wants to come out and hear their favorite songs growing up to the newer generation that wants to have fun with their new music. So we can go from it's crazy. We'll go from Aerosmith to Evanescence
1: to The Cult to um, Jefferson Starship. How about that band, The Cult? The Cult. Damn, he it's just crazy. came back out on tour after yes. COVID. I was like, that's a yes. I love that. I love. That. It. I, uh, I love what it. Was it electric? I'm a big, uh, f- yeah. Oh fuck, they're their big album in the 80s. Yes. Uh, yeah, I fuck. can't think of the name of it, but Yeah. But yeah yeah,
2: yeah yes. Yeah. Kudos. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to the cult, man for coming back out, man. That that's amazing to me. Are
1: you still doing the uh the, uh, the Hendrix uh, featuring yes. with Elizabeth?
2: Yes. And I'm enjoying every second
1: of it. Dude, you put on a pretty good I love pretty it. pretty I mean, good gig there. I was like cuz I we talked to you before the yes. before the show and we were over at uh where was it?
3: Bell Isle? Bell Isle. Bell yes. yes. Bell Island Brewery.
1: And uh shout out to you guys. Um and honestly I really when you came over to the table you didn't really seem like someone who was part of the show. You're in a t shirt and jeans point. and just bullshitting with everybody and that's making your rounds point. and I'm like, Okay, cool. And then when you came out you had the, the Hendrix hair, you had the yeah. thing and dressed up. I'm like, All right, he got me. Yeah. He got me. That was
2: that was literally the point of that. Was that was cool. Before the show I didn't want you to see and that's what Liz does, so I took my cue from her yeah. is she'll be out in the crowd dressed normal. I mean, granted, if you know her, then you know what, that's what she does. But for the first time viewers, a lot of people didn't know because it wasn't announced. It was just we knew about it, and that's where we wanted to leave it. And I was good with that because I wanted the, the mystique of it. Yeah. And then Very you know, cool. go backstage and dress up the whole garb.
1: Well, um, before we rattle off these uh, upcoming dates is there anything else you want to tell the people how can they get a hold of you on instagram
2: um instagram it's the same on oh, my instagram it's uh raisin brand gaming r-a-y-z-e-n brand b-r-a-n gaming because i also am a content creator i do video games and i do live streaming on my music ah, cool um which i'll be back doing that here pretty soon once i get stop being so freaking busy doing shows um, well, if someone wants to we'll
1: maybe have a project or wants your input on something, how what's the best way to reach out? The best
2: way is I mean, you can hit me up on Instagram. I, I respond to everything. Um, Facebook as well, under my name, Brandon Robinson. Um, or you could do my artist page, which is under the same name as my Instagram. Um, and I, like I said, I respond to everything. So send me a message, DM, whatever. Me, send me a request on Facebook, doesn't matter. Um, I respond to everybody because um, you never know. I don't want to turn anybody down. Very if, cool. If they need help, you know, I, I'm here. Absolutely.
1: Saying, so, all right. Well, September sixteenth at Friends with Southern Accents, you'll we'll be out there. And the following week, September twenty third at Forty West, is that Yukon, right, or is it quite uh,
2: quite Yukon? It's on the cusp, right it's, there. I think it's just past the uh, Canadian county border. Okay, so it's considered. Um, I've, UConn. I've
1: never been there, but I've heard it's a from great place. Scott, you know, shout he, out to
2: Morgan yeah. Washburn. She oh. she put on an amazing venue. That place is amazing to play.
1: I've heard very good things. It's, it's, yeah.
2: shout out to um, the sound guy. I can never remember his name, but he is. He's one of the best, so... Awesome! I'd met him the first time last time I played there, and he's amazing.
1: Cool. September twenty third, y'all, Forty West. He'll be with Rock Candy then. Uh, November fifth is to be announced. Um, Yes, uh,
2: yeah, that was just to be announced. Uh, Me and uh, Liz Turner are discussing some details. Possible gig. Possible, possible gig. So keep an eye out for that.
1: Okay. November eleventh at Brewskies with Rock Candy, and at the end of the year, or probably the last show of the year. Yeah, probably last show of the year. December tenth at the Cove with Rock Candy. Rock Candy. Brandon Robinson, thank you so much for being on, man. Thank you, my man. All right. Jonathan, how can the people help us out?
3: All right. The uh, Local Earshot Podcast, we run on the value-for-value system. uh, That is time, talent, and treasure. We value everybody's time for listening. We know that there's over 4 million podcasts out there, and so we're glad that you chose to listen to ours. Um, If – Right now, currently, uh, morebands.com, I am looking for a programmer, uh, a, basically a developer, UX designer. Uh, if you want to be a part of a startup and actually grow into something, then, uh, then maybe, uh, just hit me up at John at the local earshot or at John at uh, morebands.com. Join the network, um, y'all. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, cause the site's getting close, but I really, I really need a pro, like, I need another coder to help me out. Um, and then as for talent, um, if you are an artist or you work inside the music industry and you want to be on the show, then you can hit me up at john at the local com or on our Instagram page that is the local earshot. Um, Facebook page is also the local earshot. Um, and then as for treasure… If you want to give a one-time donation, anybody over $5, we consider you an LE fan, associate executive producer, on an episode and you get a special mention. Uh, producers that donate $20 or more are automatically LE rockers, our executive producers. And anyone that donates $4.99 or less um, remains anonymous and anybody can remain anonymous um, by request. Uh, if you donate $100 to us over a period of time, Of any denomination over over time, and and equals up to a hundred, then you are considered an LE rock star um, status, and so uh, that's what you'll you'll be known as at any of our events. We'll we'll actually recognize you as that. So. Um, and then if you want to donate, you can donate it on cash app. It's a dollar sign, uh local earshot Venmo. It's at the local earshot. And, uh, then we also take PayPal, uh, that's the local earshot PayPal. Um, and then we also take crypto. So, uh, thank you for listening for, to the show. You guys want to go burn one? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Can I give uh, one quick shout out? Yeah. Chris and Christy. Hey, hey. And Clutch. Shout out. They came in clutch. They showed up and got me here. Absolutely, pros I and cons. Looked up I, on Facebook.
1: Next time we do this, so we'll. I mean, we can probably just get you a ride with Jonathan. Yes. Okay. Next time. I, <laughs> just I would. I, they came through uh, though. All right. Like, shout out to those guys. Pros and cons. Absolutely. Make sure guys. you check out their band too. I've signed them on the internet. I'll talk to you all yes. here in a minute. All right. Cool. We'll all see all you guys all later. Yeah, all right, you. Thank you. <laughs>